the Petite Polymath, and today we're going to be talking about Toni Morrison and the book Sula. So hello everyone, it's been a bit. Um, I had the pleasure on Sunday to watch the Toni Morrison documentary on Netflix, which I highly recommend. Um, Mrs. Morrison is someone who, you know, has been a very looming presence in my, in my life. I've been very bookwormy for as long as I can remember. And as a young black girl, my mother uh, would have this trade-off with me that for every kind of like fluffy um, fiction book, I had to read a book that was either um, historical and nonfiction about civil rights or or racism or you know the world at large or I had to read fiction written by black authors which I really bucked up against when I was little because I wanted to like read about princesses and you know um, orphaned girls who got the best of their enemies Anne of Green Gables might remind you of this I didn't want to read about um, segregation I didn't want to read about slavery. I didn't want to read about violence based on race because it was just depressing to me. I think there was also an element of shame that I felt that the only fiction out there for me as a little black girl that had people who looked like me was always steeped with such tragedy and heartbreak. And I didn't find that a fun world to escape into uh, so I would do my, you know, the bare bones of what my mom would require, um, begrudgingly. I had to tip her now as an adult, of course. Um, but there were people that I didn't read specifically because I was like, I don't, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. Um, and I'd say Toni Morrison was one of those authors that I avoided because of this. Um, and then I watched this documentary. In high school, you know, junior year, we had to read U.S. US fiction. And I remember we read Ellen Foster. Mrs. Jane Jones was my um, accelerated English teacher. And Ellen Foster was the first time that I'd read something about poor white people, actually. And then I was like, oh, oh, okay. If we just inserted a little, like, you know, a black girl in the story, like, this is the stuff that I'd been avoiding all this time. Uh, and maybe there is a more expansive world out here in the fiction that I have been reading and maybe the human condition is more universal than um, I maybe was aware of and that there is space to see myself, yes, and the people who don't look like me um, and find commonality. Also to see myself in people who do look like me and not feel shame about the experiences that they had that they had no control over. I think that's really what it came down to at the end of the day. And I think that Toni Morrison has a way of using language that is crafted so well, um, that paints such a picture uh, where you enter into the lives, the, in, the interior lives of people in bygone days um, and you find parts of yourself and you also see humanity for all of its messiness, honestly, regardless of ethnicity, 
But one thing I love about Miss Morrison is that she said that she wrote for black people without considering the white gaze, and in particular the white male gaze, which has driven so much of literature. You know, what is considered um, canon, what is considered classic, what is considered, you know, um, profound and genius. The gatekeepers have largely been white men, and therefore if they are not reflected in the piece or if they feel like they're being villainized, well, you're not going to hear from those voices. And it's really important, however, to diversify um, who you're hearing from. And in the last maybe five years, I've been more intentional about expanding the voices that I expose myself to. In starting this podcast, I um, even did that with the beginning where I only read books written by black women for a while. And then I was like, well, I'm going to read books written by people that just aren't white for a while, regardless of gender. And then I'm going to expand back into just things that I consider to be important, regardless of who they are, right? And... Uh, I think this is going to be the beginning of a series of us going down the road of reading everything that Toni Morrison wrote. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, so the first book that I read was Sula, which was published in 1973. Um, it is a book about friendship, friendship between two black girls who ultimately grow up. And it is set in the 19... Um, like late 1920s into 30s and to the 60s, ultimately. So you watch these two young women grow up. So you have Sula and you have Nell. They live um, in a town called The Bottom, which um, I'm all of a sudden blanking on what state, but I want to say it's a southern state if I'm correct. I don't think it's Ohio, although that's where Miss Toni Morrison um, grew up. Uh, and um, the bottom is actually the hills um, in this region of the country. And in typical um, racist white people fashion, um, it was sold or, or given to um, a freed black person after they earned their freedom from their master because they, they did some difficult chore and he offered to give them their freedom and to give them this land. Well, he didn't want to give them valley land because the valley land was too um, fertile. And so he tricked them and gave him this hill land that kind of gets the brunt of all of the bad weather and, you know, any sort of like um, natural disaster that's going to come through seems to hit the bottom before it hits the valley. Um, of course, over the course of the novel, the hills become a place that white people set their eyes to and they want to take over, which is kind of, you know, this uh, foreshadowing of um, um, things being gentrified and people being pushed out, ultimately. But in this town of the bottom, you have Sula and Nell. They come from two very different families. Sula comes from a line of women who do what they want. Um, her grandma, Eva, her mother, Hannah, they run um, a uh, almost like a border, a boarding house um, out of their home, and Eva is quite the entrepreneur. Um, she has three children, and when her husband walks out on her, um, she has to take care of them. And so, uh, to not spoil too much, she walks out of the city on two legs and comes back with one. Nobody knows what happened to the other leg, which was fine for the record. 
And then she opens this boarding house in her home, and then she starts fostering children. So she just finds all these ways to kind of get some extra cash. And then she raises her children in this home. And ultimately, her daughter Hannah has Sula. And these women are unattached to men um, throughout the course of their life. They just kind of do what they want. They use men for their own devices. And Sula is observant of this. And then you have Nell, who um, is raised by her mother um, and father, a very strict home. And uh, her parents, her mother is biracial, and very fair, and is someone who, um, because of her proximity to whiteness, really has a hard time of it um, in both communities. Thankfully, Nell's a little bit darker, and so she escapes some of that resentment. Um, but she is really kind of molded by her mother to be someone who does not um, have really any sort of like strong presence in the world. And so Sula and Nell find each other uh, in their preteen years and kind of complete each other. They are trauma bonded during this time by something that happens, which I won't tell you about. And then at some point, Sula leaves town and is gone for a very long time. And in this time, Nell gets married, starts a family with, you know, a covetable husband, and Sula returns to this town um, a bit wiser of the world, a bit more experienced, and uh, they pick up where they left off with their friendship, but then there is a betrayal. And so some things that I think are really beautiful about this book are, um, one, uh, the, the village itself, the community itself, has a personality. They talk a lot about evil and the idea that, like, the black people of the bottom, they're aware of evil, but they don't seek to snuff it out. They just kind of acknowledge its presence and then go about their lives. And that's whether the evil is internal, like, amongst their own people in the community, or if it's external. And that would be, you know, the white people, um, that are in proximity. Uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, kind of like white boys who are adjacent, kind of laying in wait for girls coming of age, black girls coming of age, and how they try to navigate that. Um, there is references to post-traumatic stress disorder in the wake of the wo World War. Um, one in particular um, is the one that they talk about. There's a character named Shadrach who has this lovely, you know, bright future, and then he goes to war, and he ends up just destroyed by it mentally. And, um, and then he's like the resident crazy person of the town, you know. Um, and yet, as he ages, um, the PTSD starts to settle down and you get these snippets of, of, um, of him being like cognizant and very present throughout the book. Um, there's also this theme of the resentment of black men at not being able to be treated as men, right? Um, emasculated by white men, they can't have jobs that they feel are respectable, you know, jobs where they can like use their, their strength and stamina um, instead, they're left with jobs where they're serving people um, or 
aren't really getting anything for the work they're putting in and how how the the nastiness of their emasculation then um, overflows into their families, the way they treat their, their wives, the way they treat their children, um, how many of them turn to drink. Uh, there's also this idea of what it means to be a friend and what is betrayal versus what is sharing and how it looks to buck gender and societal norms as a woman um, or as a man and where the space is to do that. And uh, so it's just a very, um, it's a very thoughtful book. And you know, you'd think you'd come out of it with a, like a very strong hatred for Sula. I, I, I kind of let, left it feeling more sad than anything feel like she she's trying to live a life um, that is different than the way other people have and I don't think she fully understands the consequences of her impulsive behavior and then you have Nell who's never really been given the space to even like try out who she is and um, that has a deep loyalty and is trying to navigate what to do with that. Um, it is definitely not a book stuck in time. It is applicable to the modern era. And uh, this was my introduction to Toni Morrison and I will be reading more of her books and I'll be preparing myself for feeling wrecked because I already feel, felt some type of way with some of the, just some of the language in the book um, hit me in some ways anyway. And it makes me think a lot about, um, you know, people in my own family in the past that I didn't know and about how they were shaped by the overarching just cruelty of the world and yet somehow still were able to maintain some sort of humanity. So I highly, highly recommend Sula pretty quick read and I hope you enjoy. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Petite Polymath. Um, I hope that you are watching The Great British Baking Show because it's so life-giving as well as the most recent season of Somebody Feed Phil, which made me very happy as well. And I hope that you're enjoying your fall. Until next time, everyone.